You are listening to Young, Smart, and Fabulous, the podcast. I am your host and the creator of Young, Smart, and Fabulous, Alexandria Greenwood. I am a single mom, an entrepreneur, a life coach, and an international speaker. My mission is to change what wealth looks like to the world while showing my audience how to hone in and create the life of their dreams, all while looking fabulous. In this podcast, you will learn everything you need to know to be your most amazing self. You will realize that you have all the power to create any and everything you dream. And me and my guests will guide you on that journey. Get ready, guys. We're about to take the ride of your life. I have my best friend in the whole wide world, Kiko Star Nash. I'm just kidding, Kiko Nash. I want to tell you guys a little bit about her. She has her own business. It is a hair manufacturer, and she also does wholesale, and she has candles. And when she started this brand, she's wore, you know, extensions for a while, and she just was tired of paying so much money and getting bad service and bad hair. And so she started this so she could help people and entrepreneurs and women have the best quality hair. She sourced all over and she found this stuff and it is amazing. I do not wear extensions, but I have wore hers and they are amazing. Check me out on the blog. (laughs) I love her so much. She knows me better than anybody in the world. Okay, so we're about to spill some secrets on this chat. So thank you guys and welcome Kiko. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. First, let me start by saying one, thank you, Alex, so much for sharing your platform, inviting me on, letting me be a part of your world. So I'm so excited to be able to, you know, dish our tea tonight. Yes. What are you drinking? Can I ask? Uh, Moscato. Okay, so I have a cinnamon toast crunch, guys. So it is Fireball and rum chata, the best thing you ever had, over ice. And I have Doritos and hot sauce. We're taking it all the way back. (laughs) You always have the most amazing, like, snack menu and drink (laughs) menu. Like, you come up with drinks that, like, I've never, like, what even is a cinnamon toast crunch drink? Like, I'm going to send it to you in a box. You will send and I do have poppy cock with uh, pecans and carbon corn. So we, we met each other when we were 10 years old. So we had to go back and get snacks. I had to get snacks, like, to remind me of our times, girls. So hi- hold on. I got some policies in my bag that I can whip out real quick. So We are born and raised in California. Hiko lives in D.C. with her wonderful family. She is a mom of six, four with love <laughs> yes yes i always say i was gifted by god by other four but yes we are a blended family and it is amazing i'm so proud of my friend when you know somebody and you grow up with them you know all of what they come with and me and kiko have very different stories but the same similar story we grew up in a building <laughs> Shout yes. out to Austin. and Marlin <laughs> hills and it was a building full of women who had children and we were both one of those kids um, and we walked to school together. You used to see my dad honk at me so you understand my struggles with life and men, but we just love each other and we um, accept each other. Have you ever had a friend that you could just 100% accept no matter what? And I think that's our bond. Like we don't judge each other. I've been a little bit more judgmental than Kiko. Kiko's grew it, better at it than I am. <laughs> I'm definitely more go with the flow, kind of wherever the wind blows me. You're, you've always been very, very rooted and strong in your opinion since we were kids, right? 
And I think that's what has made our friendship over the years grow and mature into the sisterhood that it is today, right? Um, Because even though we grew up in the same building, went to some of the same schools, you know, we still had different experiences in that we had, you know, we came into our friendship from different backgrounds and we had different friends and different interests. Um, And I think that's where out of that, like the, the mutual respect that we have today, not to say that we didn't go through some things on our journey through sisterhood, because we did, just like any other group of friends or sisters. Friends from 10 years old and not have no drama, right? Right. I mean, we fought over jeans. Like, let's keep it all the way real. Like, <laughs> these jeans, Forever 21, shout out to you. You are not shaped exactly alike, but these jeans were called like our traveling pants. These are our traveling pants. Like, they were the perfect dark wash. They went with everything. We never washed them because we were freaking disgusting and they had like you they could stand up and walk to each other's house (laughs) that's how disgusting these jeans were but we would fight over them if one person wouldn't give them back when we needed them right because there was a period where we did go to different schools and so we would be especially you I mean that's always for those who don't know first of all let me just say this (laughs) Alex has been picking out her outfits days in advance since we were kids right and so I was a little bit late on the fashion train. I'm more of like, you know, I was a tomboy, didn't really, you know, for one thing, you know, my mom didn't really have a lot. And then I just kind of wasn't really, I'd have days where I wanted to kind of, you know, be flying cute. And then other days where I clearly didn't care, but that, that wasn't Alex at all. And so, you know, some of those times that I wanted to be cute and I wanted the jeans, Alex was like, no, I already have an outfit planned for that. And she would be knocking at my window at six in the morning <laughs> before her bus left, like, uh, like jeez and the thing about it is I do to be fair I planned my mama's clothes I planned everybody I was so good I would plan outfits before my mom got home put her stuff back in her damn closet and pray she didn't wear it and sometimes she would decide she was wearing what I didn't pick out and so it would be like a wake up and I would have a travesty but I like to get dressed and show that ass yes Kiko definitely we share clothes we we got our first uh, fake designer bags together. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Ninth grade. I'll never forget that. I didn't even, here's the thing, like, and this is what I need people who have supported you or, you know, who are just coming to know you through your brand on social media. One of the things that they need to understand, especially with the amount of success that you've had, is that you've always been very, very particular about the things that you wanted. And I'll never forget, you were like, we need Kate Spade bags. And I'm like, we do? Okay, we do. So, what do we do? We convince your mom to take us downtown and we go get Kate Spade's bags. And she buys us these bags. So Kiko gets a bag, I get a bag. So we, we figured that's two bags because right. we can share the bags. Even the fake bags we're going to share. Because right. we go to different high schools and we can just, you know, shit on them. Can I say that? <laughs> I'm not going to think that we had fake bags because they were so good. So we're right. home and my mom's like, yeah, the bag says Katie Smith. And I literally pull over on the, the 110 freeway, the most busiest freeway in Los Angeles, um, because I'm having a panic attack. Full on panic attack. Like, why wouldn't you say anything? They did not say Katie Smith or Katie Smith. I need to see them. Like, literally made her mom pull over, open a trunk, pop the trunk to make sure that these fake Kate Smith persons, in fact, said Kate Smith. And they did. And we rocked them. And they were cute, and we would swap them out with different outfits. And we had a red, 
had a black. Um, the material wasn't as good as the nylon in Nordstrom, but you know, it did work for that year. I did get a Kate Spade purse um, for my Sweet 16. My grandmother, shout out to her. It was the most loved gift of that because I really, really wanted one. And then my beautiful cousin, January, used it and I don't know what happened to it. Thank God for Poshmark. Kiko, I found the backpack and the purse that I had back in 2000 something. Um, yeah, I found both of them and I have them in my collection now. I don't know if I'll ever put them back on, but I needed to have them. I it have one exactly for that same reason, just because of the nostalgia of that being what we had to have at that particular time that I kind of keep tucked away you know, in my own collection. Maybe I'll, if I ever have a daughter or a niece or something, maybe I'll give that to her just to pass down. But Kate Spade, and, and the fact that she did commit, commit suicide, I don't know if you guys know about Kate Spade. Um, she was my first designer bag. And then of course I had coach, but Kate Spade um, committed suicide. One of the reasons I think was her marriage, but another reason is she sold her company very early on for like uh, maybe a hundred million to Neiman Marcus. Well, mm -hmm. Neiman Marcus, sold it to coach for billions and she didn't get any and then she couldn't even use her name so yeah. I think that depression really took her out and for me it's just she she's an OG for me you know she yeah. classic they they talked about her bags on sex in the city she's just an OG and um I had to have it um so yes we share clothes we have fake bags we've done it all but if you know yeah. me no, I've always loved fashion. This has always been who I am. Um, like she said, I literally got dressed for school. That's all I cared about was getting dressed. I had 20 backpacks to match everything. There was a belt to match. And I would sit at Alex's house from, because I was one of those kids. I mean, my personal life in my household, even though she was upstairs and I was downstairs, was very, very different and, you know, kind of tumultuous. And so I would sit at her house, you know, until I didn't have like as long as I could sit I would sit up there I mean I'm sure there were times where you were like I wish you would go home no I was, <laughs> I was I was bored <laughs> but yeah I would sit there and be like okay you just wore that one like no you need a new belt and you know that was our thing we would do prank phone calls on the phone we have to talk would about the famous prank phone call that people are probably going to do after this yeah. podcast <laughs> yes so one of the uh, prank Prank caller, just to let you know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty good at it, but I can't take all the credit. Um, one of my other childhood best friends, as you know, Hootie, that was her thing, prank phone calling, and we would do it too. And so that was kind of like, you know, we're middle school. What else can we do? And so when I would be with her, that's what we would do. And then when I would go over Alex's house, that's what we would do. And we had this skit. We had it down to a T where we would pretend to be Baskin Robbins. And at the time, Baskin Robbins was a popular, you know, ice cream spot. Before and we would It was before Pinkberry, Baskin. Right, right, right. Before Cold Stone was popular and all of that. And we would call people just random numbers. And, you know, in L.A., especially where we lived in the Crenshaw district, between View Park, Baldwin Hills, everyone's number started with a, uh, the prefix of 29 something, 292, 29, you know, three. And so we would just change up the last four digits of the phone number and call anybody in the area. And we had this whole skit about um, a contest. If you could guess 31 flavors in 31 seconds, you would win $1,000 cash. And the amount of people 
that would actually No, I don't even think they told me $31 in cash or $31 or $1,000. They told me $31 gift card, $31 gift card. And I will tell you, I did not get it because they, they're bullshitters, but I wrote me a list. <laughs> and I put it next to the phone because I swore I was going to get it the next time. When I found oh, out that was a prank call, I couldn't even, I was, I felt so stupid, but I laughed so hard. Like, and I got a lot of people with it. That's just what our lives were. We had fun. We were the kids that got kicked out of class for laughing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing that has been like our, our kind of common bond. There are very few people that you can like literally laugh to your core with about pretty much anything. Right. And, and my personality anyway, you know, I'm going to find humor and some shit period, right? Like, don't call me with some serious news because there might be just a, a way for me to find some way to laugh in there. But we laugh. We laugh loud. We laugh ignorantly. We laugh till the tears come out. I mean, bellies rolling, knees slapping, kind of laughs, right? Last time I was at Disney World, I fainted. I laughed so hard. Like, literally, <laughs> into the head, fainted. My son says, Mom, did you have a drink today? He doesn't understand. I I don't even drink that much, but he felt like that I was passed out for drinking, not because oh, I. No. Girl, if, if, no, I you definitely have, have taken the record because I mean I passed. I mean not passed out, but I you know I've laughed till I peed. I've laughed till I can't breathe. Literally about to hyperventilate. So I can see how that could easily. I'm you telling know. you, Disney World is hot. It feels like there's heat on or something. And baby, I laughed till. I fainted. And, you know, I think that just says a lot about us. We've been through some serious things, you know. I, we I have. We will laugh. We will laugh. We will make it through. Kiko was my first, the first person that told me to get an Orchard Bank credit card. And I will tell you, <laughs> don't even look it up because they're gone. HSBC is gone. But anyway, <laughs> she told me. And I got two of them. I, I really want to say we have four because I was married and I would just, everything I applied for, he applied for. So well, really, let's just back up. This was like early 20s. We're still like at home, like figuring it. I don't know if we were living in Atlanta at the time or if we were still at home. But, you know, we're just establishing our credit and we're trying to figure it out. So any offer that literally I got, I, I accepted. Good, bad, didn't care about interest rates. Really didn't have the tools and the mindset to know that that was some bullshit and we probably shouldn't have signed up, but we did. I was eating Panda Express every single day. Shout out to them. We have been through every part of life. And what is beautiful, because Kiko has a beautiful life, you guys. I want you guys to understand she is married. She has a beautiful home. She drives the car she wants. Her life is beautiful. But, (laughs) baby, we have come. From every, we have come a long way. It's all been earned. Nothing has been just falling out the sky. He's she's smart. I'm not. I'm I'm a I'm a a hoodster. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. You are definitely smart. You got to give yourself more credit. You can't have. You couldn't have built the empire that you've built and not be smart. Like, let's get that all the way there. Like, you're. I'm smart in a different way. I think when you say like street smart, I I would be probably like a C student book smart, but I have an A in hustle. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it goes. But like, I want you guys to understand, you can 
really start your life at any point. You can start over. I don't know if everybody remembers the famous line by Drea. Um, she said, you can outlive your hoe. You definitely can. You can outlive your bad credit. You can outlive your hoe. You can outlive anything. I am divorced. I come from a single mom. I ain't, My dad is in Singapore with the mail order bride. I come from nothing. Like there's... I, I, like my family is a great family, but it's not, I wasn't meant to be a millionaire. Like, let's just be right. all the way clear. And I feel like anything you create, you can, you, you, you just can just do what you want. Kiko had a different, and I'll let her tell her story of her growing up, but it's very different than what her children live. So that's why I say you can have anything you want. You can create it. So I'll you let you really can. You want to tell about that, but yeah, go um, ahead. Well, I'll start with something simple. And a lot of people, even through our journey in friendship and sisterhood, and a lot of people may not know this. I mean, it's something that I openly share, and I don't know if it's something that you share, but even when we first met and we would, so of course we lived in the same building in LA. Our moms are single moms, but very, very different on their journey in single momhood. So like for me coming to move into that building, my mom had just got her section eight. Like we were, you know, we thought, this was, you know, really for her, this was everything. Like, you know, there weren't too many people who had gotten Section 8 that were able, even able to live in a building like that at the time, right? I ended up going to the same middle school that Alex was going to. And so we would walk to school, of course, like kind of by default. Like I see you walking, I'm walking, we gonna walk together sort of thing. And that's kind of where our friendship bloomed out of that. But she noticed very early on, like, you know, Alex would stop and get her, you know, her snacks and, you know, get whatever she was going to get on. Because there was the corner <laughs> store on the way to school. There was a Jack in the Box on the way to Audubon Middle School. Shout out to anybody who went to Audubon in LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she noticed, like, why aren't you getting anything? And I'm just like, because I don't want anything, right? And so after a couple of days, she's just like, do you have money? And I'm like, no. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't get lunch money. Like, I don't know what you where you get your lunch money from, but I don't get lunch money. And most of the kids that I hang out with don't have it either. And she was like, oh, no. You know, and from that moment on, whatever she got for herself, she got for me. And it wasn't like a, I feel sorry for you or, or at least she never made me feel that way. You never made me feel that way. But it was very... Um, it was very genuine and it's still something to this day that I appreciate. That's why no matter what happens in our life, like between all of the things that we've been through, like you fed me when I didn't have no lunch money, no questions asked. And that's kind of like the nature of how our friendship has been. Right. And so us just kind of looking out for each other in one way or another. And I want her to know, I never felt bad for her. I just felt I felt like, how dare her mother? And no disrespect to Miss Diane because I love Miss Diane, but I just felt like that was uncalled for, you know? And and I didn't know her whole story of, you know, why, you know? So I didn't know that, but for me, it just was unacceptable. And there was no way that I was gonna eat in front of her. And that's just who I am. Like when it comes to that, we, we go, I mean, we've all shared a number two, you know, back when McDonald's two cheeseburgers were $2.99, we've all shared one. Any of my friends in any of my circles from that, that time, we've all had to share one at one time or another. But to me, there's no way. I mean, even to this day, like my cousin didn't want to upgrade her flight. I'm not going to go and sit in the first class and have you sit in the back. That's not how I roll. 
that's not how I roll. And I would never do that. And Kiko, shout out to you because when I needed to move or when I needed to, she gave me $500 one time. I didn't have money. I didn't, I was breaking up with my husband at the time, my ex-husband and my baby needed a room. And she gave me $500, you know, and to a lot of people, $500 isn't a a big thing, but when you need 2,200 and nobody else in your family is going to give you anything, $500 is everything, right? I think I had down to the set what I needed to move in, you know, or when I opened my store in the mall, she gave me some shoes to sell. Like that's our shit. I don't need these $600 shoes. You sell them. And that's how you get your store in the mall. You know, people don't realize, like, I have no silver spoons. Every single thing that I have, I've created, and I've been blessed to have people that support me, and Kiko is definitely one of them. She's bought more headbands than she would like to discuss, or wallet, <laughs> or, you know, shout out to fake Hermes wallets that we have, and I'm so embarrassed when I go on Hermes, I can't even wear it no more. But, like, <laughs> shout out to that. You know, what a friendship to me is, is, like, we, we go in here together. It's ride or die. It's Martin Lawrence. It's bad boys. It's we go in here together. There's nothing that she could call me and ask me for that I wouldn't do. There's nothing... If her kids were needed anything, I'm going to do it without a hesitation because that's how we, that's how we roll, you know? So I want you guys to really understand, like, it's not by fluke, you know? And a lot of times when you have success, you lose friendships. But the ones that I think that I have, I've really true, like, they've stood the test of time because there's no, there's no, like, (laughs) there's no uppityness in our friendship. It's oh no, there's no, there can't be uppityness when you share hard rock drinks. Like there can't be uppityness, and and that's also too kind of what. And I, I share that story to say like people need to know at the core of who you are. Like you, you've always been a very generous and a giving person, right? And a lot of people may or may not get to see that side of you. And since we were kids, it's not like you're giving to charity or to people, you know, for clout on social media or anything like that. Like that's been who you've been since we were kids. And then, you know, and I've always felt very protective of you, you know, even, you know, even as kids, like I remember a time and I think I've shared this story to you. Like, I think, I don't even think we were speaking at the time. We, we were in high school. This is when we were at Dorsey. Shout out to everybody who went to Dorsey. Oh. And again, we've always had our own kind of separate friend groups. And I remember you coming up to me and because of, you know, the way you dress, the way you look, you know, there were always girls that were jealous of you for one reason or another. And um, I remember when they said they were going to jump you and you were like, these girls said they're going to, I was like, no, they're not like, period. It's not going to happen. Like I give like, whatever we got to do is going down. And, and to Alex's credit, Alex is not about that sort of drama or anything like that. I'm calling the I- she- Karen, I'm not gonna look. Look, I, I'm a little of a black Karen. In my building, if I'm calling the fucking cops. Yo, yes, she's writing the letter. She's calling the cops. Like <laughs> you're not gonna put her in. But that's kind of how you know. Um, We're seeing our French. Bro, I've never seen so many people with visitors passes on at a school. How did all those adults get in? Come on, like let's be serious. Like I still don't. Know. And they, what I was going to do with all of them, I don't know. But, you know, I wasn't scared. <laughs> like, it was just nothing. I just knew in that moment, like, whatever we needed to do, like, what nobody, was, you know, going to put their hands on you, period. She's in there, Kiko. And, like, shout out to Peaches. She's actually Alex's baby mama. She was going to drop me. Let's not let's not forget to name drop. Because... Oh, no, you're going to call out. <laughs> definitely going to call her out. Because she wanted to, like, 
jump me over a man that is gay now. <laughs> um, yeah, this guy, he was so cute, guys, but he is definitely gay. And that's why the girl wanted to jump me. She thought I wanted her boyfriend and that I was going to fight her. And I'm like, I would never fight anybody, especially over a man to this day. That's just not my style. But you know, sisterhood is super important. And I don't think if, if you have a journey, you need someone that you can call. I have cried to Kiko. I have called to her. I have almost been evicted. Every bad thing that you can think of, <laughs> we've went through. And yeah. to say that we've made it, we have totally different lives. When I tell you totally, Kiko is like a grandmama over there, okay? I am. I am. I, again, I mentioned we're a blended family. Um, so between myself and my husband, there's six kids, you know, the oldest being 30, you know, just a few years younger than I am. And then we have our youngest two that we share together. Um, the youngest one just turned five last week. So Miles, I just want to let everybody know on this podcast, Miles is my child. I don't know how he got in Kiko and came out, but this is my child. He is a, he don't play his game. He don't play no games, period. Yeah, he's, he's very particular about everything in his environment his life he's very opinionated he's into fashion his spirit is so strong it's, and it's always been at such a young age even with all of the um, challenges that he faced very early on like he he he's very 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 clear about who he is he, he's confident he is outspoken he is my little firecracker he, he's the shit he's the shit yeah he knows it that's that's the funny thing like I don't know where he got it from because it's it's not it it may be more of his father's personality than it is mine because I'm so laid back and so go with the flow and so just not I can be that at times you know when you need to but he he's on from the time he's awake to the time he goes to bed he's on but um saying all that to say is like I'm very very involved and at times consumed in family life because it is so dynamic and you know, I am a stay-at-home mom who also is, you know, an entrepreneur. And I've been, you know, at home with my kids for quite some time. That's actually how I kind of, you know, journeyed into entrepreneurship is because I wanted to be able to be available and still very, very hands-on with my kids. And I knew, you know, coming from more of a corporate background, because I went the traditional way. I went to college and grad school and worked jobs and worked my way up. Um, but I knew that that wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted, you know, in the future. And so that's kind of where I jumped into entrepreneurship. So me balancing all of these things, right? And a husband who has a demanding career and kids and being at home and homeschooling, like it's it's a party over here. You, like, let's not let's not skip off on Mark. Mark takes damn good care of you. Oh, yes. My, I am definitely, definitely blessed in that I have a husband who is very, very much from the old school and believes that it is a man's job to take care of, provide for, protect for his family. And he does not miss a beat. He has not missed a beat. And so because of that, we live a very, very, we live a good life. I mean, we are by no means wealthy or anything like that. But my kids, their life is very, very different from the life that I grew up in. I'm talking about I'm doing everything from PTA to trips and, you know, things that I would have never been exposed to as a young girl, you know, growing up in South Central LA. Like it just, it, you know, it wasn't happening for me. 
but I've been very blessed and grateful that it is a life that we've been able to provide our children. With. Like I grew up in South Central too, but I think we had different versions of South Central. So oh, for sure, I got the gang bang colored bad boy. I mean, not bad boys, boys in the hood version. We <laughs> thought that was just for fun. Like I thought Boys in the Hood. I thought it was a great movie, but I thought it was a movie. Like I did I never experienced any of it. And my mom was a single mom. Like, let's not forget. I had the cable turned off. Like we lived in the same building. No, my mom was not on section eight, but maybe she should have had a little help. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. There are a lot of um, people that are in the same circumstance. Like, you know, they, they work and, you know, they make just enough where, they don't qualify, but they're just a paycheck away from their their situation being drastically changed, right? My mom, she she ha- she's a blessed person, you know. Have you ever met somebody that like? I'll give you an example. We talked about this earlier today. I wrote a bad check in, in, <laughs> in college. I went through a little depression. I didn't want to come home. I came home and I decided I was going to go on a check writing spree. I took Kiko to Kiko took me to Roscoe's. I took her on a shopping spree with my damn bad checks. Okay. Yep. Yep. And and the funny thing, and I, and I said this to you earlier, is at no point in time did me ever think to say to my friend, like, Hey, that's probably not the best idea, but what do we know? I mean, we were young. Maybe 19, 20. I don't think we were 20 at the time. No, we weren't even 20. And, you know, I wrote these bad checks. I think I wrote $250. I ended up getting contacted by the check writing DA. I ended up, later they were in a class action suit because it was not a legal form of, like, they shouldn't have, the DEA shouldn't have been involved. But anywho, I ended up paying $1,000 for this $250. My mom probably, God bless her, has wrote hundreds of bad checks but she never ever got caught with the DEA like she's just one of those people that God looks out for her you know he really really does and a lot of times she couldn't afford the things I went to private school before I went to Audubon and I had a very blessed um childhood I can't I can't front I had a lot of things I guess a lot of people would be jealous of that because I had pretty much everything I wanted but it was through sacrifice, you know. I would have given that all up for a dad that gave a damn. But and, and that's another thing too, like being that we had known each other so long and being in each other's homes, like you get to see a side of a person that someone doesn't get to see. It get you get you get an inside view into why they are the way they are, you know, how they develop, you know, certain things about their personality and your views and your perspective. And even with you just saying that, like your mom worked a lot, you know what I mean? I mean, I would be at your house until it was dark and this is no disrespect to Miss Rebecca, but she worked her butt off and I would be there and, you know, it would just be you like, and I would assume on the days that I wasn't there, it would just be you. And we would, I remember, you know, several times, this is when Sky Tell Pagers were out and we would, you know, you'd be like, I'm calling my dad. I'm like, okay, well, he just saw us walking and he stopped, but okay. You know, I don't have, I don't have a dad to call. So, okay, this is what we're doing. And so we would, you would call him and leave a voicemail and I would be there all evening and you wouldn't get return calls. And so when you sit and say like, it wasn't easy for you, no, it wasn't. And again, those are parts of your story that I don't think that unless someone was there, you know, that they would really know unless you shared with them kind of like even friends that was like that went to school with us as well that didn't get to come to my house as much. 
you know, they were jealous because I had all those things that I wanted. Shout out to my grandparents, my nanny, my auntie Sybil. I mean, because it was a family. It was a little bit of everybody. But, and my mom, she did what she could, you know, she worked because she needed to provide, you know. I have, my mom has never, from seventh grade on, my mom didn't wake me up from school because she was already gone. Gone for hours by the time it was time for me to leave, you know. Yeah. And she did what she had to do. And I want to make that clear. I don't feel bad for myself. She did what she had to do. We weren't on any assistance. We had no help. And my dad, he had a child support bill of $300. And $300, I mean, let's just talk $300 now. It's probably like $600, you know, but $300 in a not $600 doesn't cover my cell phone bills. You know, like it, it's not enough to raise a child, you know, yeah. And she didn't have enough to do anything else. But a lot of people were jealous of me because I had things. Like she said, I paged my dad. I called. I cried. I wished. I prayed. I asked God. And that's where I have issues with dating. You know, I feel like if my dad, the man who helped create me, does not love me, how can I assume that this man will? You know, and I've been in successful relationships. I've only had two guys you'll learn this one was 10 years which was my marriage and my son's father and then one was five years so I don't have a lot of experience you know I'm 36 years old but I have trust things I don't necessarily think they're going to cheat I don't have that problem I can leave in the drop of a dime <laughs> yeah yeah I can go with no with no look back and I'll maybe look back a year later like oh he really loved me damn yeah a little too late so yeah we're learning and we're paying for therapy and we're paying for dating coaches and we're figuring it out That's all you can do like is really work through that stuff I mean just today my husband and I were having a conversation and in that conversation I was you know explaining to him so since I've had my youngest child I've been dealing with anxiety and it's gotten progressively worse it's something that I've never had to experience prior to having my second son um, yeah. And I just think with the pandemic and everything that's going on and having a homeschool and trying to manage my business and, you know, really all of these roles that we have, right? Yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's been, you know, overwhelmed the last year. I ain't the, I ain't the pandemic parent. I got my sister as my assistant. I got a tutor. I got whoever else. If I need, if he's a bather, he, I'll hire him because it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's rough. Um, but saying all that to say is that, I had a conversation with him and I said, and one of, and, and sometimes I have these thoughts of, because I didn't grow up in the life that I'm currently curating for my family. And I'm very, very intentional about how I parent, the types of experiences I want my children to have, the kind of love that I'm modeling with their dad, you know, inside the home, very, very intentional. And with that comes a lot of pressure, right? Because you get in your own head, you're overthinking things. But anyway, I said to him, I was like, you know, there are times where I feel like, why me? Because of everything that I experienced growing up and because of, I didn't have, I mean, with the exception of my grandparents being married, you know, but they married at a different time, you know? <laughs> yes, they, yes, they've been married like 60 years and my grandparents were pretty much my saving grace. They raised me a lot of the time when uh, my mom wasn't able to, or, you know, I was, I ran away at one point, which was like a pretty epic time in my life. Like my teenage years were pretty rough, but you know, again, saying all that to say, let's keep it all the way real. Like for me growing up in the hood, there weren't too many marriages that you looked up to and, you know, 
said, I want to, at least for me, I want to be like them, or there weren't too many role models. And so I said to him, I was like, you know, why me? Like, why was I blessed enough to find love? Not that it's been easy, because it has not. We've been married, this year will be 10 years. We've been together 14 years. Like, it's been a journey. <laughs> yes, like, but why me? And he looked at me and he said, but why not you? And so sometimes we have to kind of reframe that thinking, like, you know, it's we deserve a business because I have that yeah. same why me are you taking it away God why me you know but I think what you really have to decide like he said is why not me and mindset is 80% of everything you know anything that you're in your mind controls how you feel about it how you be in because even if something bad happens if you feel good and then the bad happens you can handle it better you know yeah, yeah. Bad, for sure you're anxious you bring some things that wouldn't have ever come about. You bring them on. So yeah. you really have to pray yourself through. Um, that's me in dating, Grandma. He ain't called me today. It's over. <laughs> yeah. I've had to definitely talk you off the ledge a few times. Like, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good for giving people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, she um, the doubt. Like, shout out to my sister and her crazy ass because Kiko gives my sister the benefit of the doubt. I fired my sister 30,000 times, okay? And I'm always rooting for Lacey. <laughs> always. <laughs> Lacey, uh, yeah. You know, the reason why I give my sister all the benefit of the doubt and I try to really help her is because we weren't set up to win. And it's not easy. We're all figuring it out, right? All figuring it out. And the shit that I did at 23, I'm just happy she ain't got no baby. You know what I'm saying? She ain't got no baby to yeah. think but she is really a 13 year old and that's not her fault because her mom gave a lot, but didn't explain a lot, you know? So I think when you give a lot, you know, even like you, that's why you see the rich kids and they're going, they're in rehab at 24, you know, not because their parents didn't give them a lot, but the problem is they didn't explain how life worked, you know? So now yeah. they're Real shit. They gotta drink. They gotta smoke. They gotta, you know, do drugs. So I really do try to give my sister. You know, we have sisters that, and her sister is doing amazing. Let's be clear. <laughs> but yeah, we have sisters that they were a little bit more spoiled than us, so they didn't come into it being grown. We've been grown since sixteen. I feel like yeah. I put a cell phone in my name at sixteen because my mother wouldn't give me. I one. still don't know how you did that. You use your school ID. Okay, so Sprint, shout out to them. My grandma bought me an alarm clock from this place called City Guys. It was like an electronic store. So like think Best Buy, but it was back in the day. And my grandmother bought me an alarm clock. It was $50. Well, back in the day, they used to give you Sprint phones. You could buy one. It'd be like $50 with a million rebate and it'd be free. So I went ahead and bought a phone. My mom would not let me sign up under her, which thank God I didn't because her shit was, what, Kiko? Always <laughs> So I signed up on my own. I put my school ID and my social security number and Sprint actually turned the phone on. I used my allowance. My mom, what she did, <laughs> the only thing that I think 100% prepared me for my life is she gave me an allowance and it was a pretty big one. Um, she basically gave me my dad's child support, but she split it in two. So I got $150 every time she got paid. And my mom would not pay bills, but she would give me that allowance. So I cannot be upset at her. She really taught me how to uh, 
what do you call that budget? <laughs> because she said she didn't get paid again, so I don't get it paid again. So it was like $150. Um, and I was able to pay my cell phone bill. And my cell phone has been on ever since. I've never had it. Let's back up. Let's back up. Not only did you pay your cell phone bill, you got your hair done more than most adults that I knew. And you bought whatever you wanted to buy. I, I think like you were probably the only kid that I knew until later on in high school when I went to, you know, Palisades and was really exposed to different kids from different, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds that got an allowance. Because nobody that I knew growing up on Vermont 124 got an allowance. <laughs> you know, my mom, she did try. I can't, I can't front it. She put me on a credit card. She didn't pay it, but she did try to put me on a credit card to help my credit. But I had bad credit since 18 because she didn't pay the damn bill, but she tried, you know, she really, she did her best. You understand now that we are grown and we have kids and we understand what they went through, we can respect them in a whole different light. You understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, absolutely. my mom really did what she, she knew to do. Her parents didn't have money conversations. My grandmother borrowed money from my mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no guide. Well, you have to realize, I guess, once you get an adult, there's no damn book that can tell you every single thing. Like, you have to take a test before you have a car. You have to take a test before you get jobs. But they give anybody a baby. Yeah, they give anybody a baby. And I think that, too, like, for me coming into womanhood you know you have these preconceived notions and we laugh about it all the time like you know there's that meme on social media says you know I just want to do ratchet stuff with my friends like I just wanted to grow up hang out have some money have a good job like there was no way that I had any clue on the magnitude of the responsibility that came with re parenting responsibly right because shout out there's a lot of people that have kids but parenting responsibly I am a baby daddy. Let's be very clear. <laughs> My niggas. <laughs> Shout out to Kiko because she definitely takes it to a different level than I even have capacity to. If you know me and if you know my story, my son is here right now. I have him locked in a room somewhere. Um, no, he's in his room eating jelly beans. But I am a DoorDash parent. I am like, get your breakfast from the, <laughs> the door. I love my doorman. They bring my breakfast every day. Shout out to Tomar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like my, I'm not the same. And I think what we have learned as friends is everybody has to do it their way, right? Because yeah, of course, would it be fair? And but that's where, no, I was just going to say, that's where the respect in the friendship comes from, right? Because we do do things differently and you come to realize like just because you're friends with somebody and you've known them half your life like it doesn't mean that you have to be like two peas in a pot we have different opinions on things different experiences you know, our approaches to things are completely completely different but we draw on each other's strengths and we take like inspiration from one another and apply it in ways that you know benefit us and it's okay. Like, I don't judge you because you get breakfast in the door. There are days where I absolutely, you know, I'm not whipping up the pancakes and I get it too. Um, but you do have to do what works for you and be honest about. Very few days. He cooks pancakes daily. I, I haven't, I haven't cooked this year. Let's be clear. The last time I cooked was the Brandy and Monica versus. Let's <laughs> <laughs> been a minute, Brand. It's been a minute. <laughs> what I love and what I respect about women, 
not just us, but just women. We all have the capacity to be who we want to be, and we can be so different, so the same. We can have exact same experiences. We can have different experiences, but we can love each other, you know. And that that's the that's where it's at, you know. That's what it's about. It's support. It's about finding your tribe of people who, you know. There's this quote like, "Stay close to me, people that make you feel like sunshine." And one of the approaches to friendship that I personally have and sisterhood is like, you know, we all have people in our lives for different reasons, right? Yeah. Um, I know that I can be as candid with you as then perhaps anybody else in my life, just because we've been through so much, like there is no judgment. Like, yeah. you know, um, you have, I have friends in my life who are, you know, my mom's friends that, you know, we talk about parenting stuff and other moms, women that I've met you know, who are on the homeschool journey. And when I say homeschool, I don't mean virtual school. There's a teacher there. I mean, like, you are the teacher. You're using the curriculum. You're planning the lessons. You're doing it all. Because I can't even, I don't even know what my son, I can't tell you what he's doing. I don't have any clue. Yeah. And a lot of parents are, this is such a unique time. This isn't something that, like, I would beat myself up for. Like, if you, you didn't know, like, everybody is, in like this twilight zone even though it's been a year it's still been like this twilight zone of a year you know what i mean and saying all that to say like you know you have friends for different reasons you have you know you have friends that support you and encourage you in business you have friends that you might can have fun with and have a drink with you know um friends that you know you might have acquaintances through work you have you know there are people in your life that play different roles um and as you get older, you begin to appreciate those a lot more. And I think for me, what I've learned is, you know, very early on, you, I kind of had these expectations that people had to fit all of these boxes, right? Yeah. And we learn that we're all so unique in our perspectives and, you know, how we were just talking about and really just appreciating people for who they are and not trying to put them in a box and drawing what we can for them, you know, as long as they're supportive, positive, you know, influences, like, See, that is the beauty in it. That's what I've struggled with. Really? I knew friends until I was, like, an entrepreneur, like, this business stuff, entrepreneurial life. I've had the same friends since I was 10 years old, and mm-hmm. for me, for a long time, you had to be everything or nothing. It was mm-hmm. either my best friend or my associate. I don't know how to filter. You filter well. I don't filter. So if I need to, I tell a story on Instagram and people are emailing me like, are you kidding me? Like you really decided to say that today? But that's who I am. So I didn't know how to have friendships where I can leave some things out. You know, you do that. And and not in a, like, I'm not mad at that. that. That's a good thing. She's able to have different like mommy friends that don't know every single thing about your life, you know? What I love about us is that we know it. We know it. We experienced it. We saw it. We've been there. But it doesn't change how we love. I can say she she definitely, I'm a little bit more judgmental. And I've said some things that I have to apologize. Shout out to forgiveness. Um, Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of forgiveness in our friendship. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, just keep it all the way real. Like, you know, it wasn't all kumbaya and rainbows when we were kids. Like, you know, you say stupid stuff, you do. No, I got mad at her for a year for not saying happy birthday to me. Like, she probably will never forget my birthday again in life because. Oh, no. 
first of all, if you don't know November the 4th is a national holiday, you should know it. Those are one of the things that, you know, is very true to who Alex is. She is very serious about her birthday. I am, in my personal life, probably the worst person when it comes to birthdays. I actually just got a calendar and started putting people's birthdays in there. You know, if I remember, I'm like, ooh, I remember. Um, But I understand, again, if it's important to someone that you care about, then you make more of an effort to, you know. Yeah, and I had to remember People didn't get birthdays like me. My mom is a lot of things. But what she did is she made November 4th a national holiday. She celebrated me on my birthday and Christmas and Easter and Halloween to the point where it's a deficit now. To the point where I have disappointments now as a 36-year-old woman with a million (laughs) dollars. I'm still disappointed because my mom made it, I call it miracle days, you know. She made it very, very special. My family celebrated me. I still get checks from my grandparents. I tell them not to, but I still do. For every single thing, St. Patrick's Day, stupid shit. Um, my family really celebrated holidays. And so if you're mad at my mom, my mom, she will give you a gift. She won't admit that. So if she's listening, shout out to you, Beck. But she definitely is a gift giver. She is a, she, that's my love language. So I'm glad that my friends have accepted it, but now I understand that they don't need to. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm grateful that I've had good friends who've accepted my crazy shit that I've done. But what I want you guys to get from this conversation, it's all over the place. But that sisterhood is a necessity. It is. That somebody that knows you, no matter what, if you have a million dollars or you have, a, if, I, if I lost everything today and I came to Kiko, she would feed me. That, that's all I need to know. Yeah. The rest we could figure out later. Yep, and vice versa. And I mean, and you need people in your life to humble you at times. You know what I mean? Like, and who really can, and not from a place of, not from a place of malice, not from a place of envy or anything like that. But you do need people around you who ground you and remind you of, you know, who you really are at your core, right? very humble but I do think that it's a necessity and I think that we bring each other like (laughs) Kiko's been traveling and living good for a while okay when I was still in Gardena with the brown carpet shout out to them um, (laughs) you know not the brown carpet yes the brown carpet but you know she was living in a beautiful house and I think sometimes I had to remind her, yo, (laughs) homie, you came from South Central. But then I do remember one conversation complaining about something and it was something trivial, (laughs) like not even of importance. (laughs) And you were like, who do you think you are? When did you become the queen of South Central? No, you told me to forget what, how you worded it, but it was something about the princess of South Central. And I was like, she's right. You know, and in that moment, I, I did have to, you know, reflect and kind of say like, okay, how is this real? Like, what is this really? You know, what is really the issue? And, and not and be not upset about it. Way. Like, I love Kiko's dirty draw. Like, I love her unconditionally. Like, there's not a lot of people that I can say I love unconditionally. I, I mean, not even family, let's be honest. But Kiko is a person that I love unconditionally. So it was never in a way. And sometimes the way that I say things may come off harsh, but I don't mean that. 
But, you know, even now, like I say shit, like I haven't changed my bed or changed my sheets by myself in two years. Who the fuck? Like, girl, bye. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the things. Me and Kiko are very different when it comes to that. And so I'm very grateful for my housekeepers. Shout out to Christina. But I don't forget. And I'm not bad at it. Look, and at any time we need to sell sell these Chanel bags, they're gone. Like, Kiko doesn't even, like, she wouldn't even question it if I said I was having a sale. She would just pick which one she wanted because that's just how I roll. And you need that, guys. Like, this journey is the hardest thing that I've ever been. But I would not try. Part of that, too, is, like, you know, I've been watching your growth and your, and you talked about, like, you know, Intuition LA and now, you know, Young Smart Fabulous, like the brands, like not being your first business as you started. Like we were living in Atlanta, you know, fresh out of college, you early into your marriage when you started. First of all, I remember being at home, getting off work and you calling me like, I just quit my job today. I'm like, okay, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, I didn't even quit really. I just left the Cheesecake Factory. Like who? But that was around the time that, well, that was when you started Frosty Trinkets, right? Um, And so I've seen the evolution. I've seen the work. I've seen the grind. You know, we've had the very hard conversations on the phone where even as a friend, you feel, I've felt helpless at times because there's all I can do is listen, you know? And so I know the work you've put in. So when you sit and tell me like, you know, I love my doorman or I haven't changed my sheets in two years, like I feel nothing but happiness for you because this is the life that you've called and sacrificed and you know, dreamt about and been talking about for years. So people don't really know in detail, like what that really looked like. We're talking about Atlanta 2006. Think about that. Like you knew me. I've been, I've been wearing scarves around my neck. I've been the bougie girl with no daddy and the hood is life, but bougie because clueless. Oh, absolutely. My mom would be like, this is at a point where we went to different high schools. And my mom would be like, I seen Alex waiting on the bus or waiting for her ride this morning with that scarf tied around her neck and her bag on her elbow. <laughs> Where's she going? <laughs> she can't be going to school. And I'm like, no, she's going to school. I looked up, I looked up to Moesha. I looked up to Dion. I looked up to Hillary. I didn't have their life, but that's who I really wanted to be. That's in my head who I saw. My life right now is a dream. So I really do have to check myself when I complain or when I don't take it seriously or when I don't do what I need to do because it's a dream. It's literally what I dream, guys. I pinch myself. I pinch myself. I could talk about the homeless people in downtown LA, but I feel like Mary Tyler Moore every single morning. I could throw my hat out. God is a giving God. Some people can't handle it. Some people, I think they, they take offense to it because they do know me, right? So they know me from the past. And I think that sometimes it's too close to home. Like, oh, well, if she could do it, why couldn't I do it? So it brings bad feelings for them. But if you really love someone, then you're able to see. Kiko has never been jealous or had anything. The same as her. Kiko's been flying first class since she was 23 years old. I just experienced it two years and I ain't went back. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no jealousy because we fed each other. We fed each other, literally, emotionally, literally. When we didn't have no money, we fed each other. And so I think what is brilliant and what is kind about friendships and women 
is you need each other and you need each other what part of the journey it is on and there's sometimes where Kiko's been a bigger help to me or I've been a bigger help to her mine might have stopped at 13 but hers she definitely has been a big part of my life and I think that what I want you guys to get and what I was so adamant about having this conversation with her is I want to share that you can have it all and sometimes the love are your friends I believe so. I absolutely, absolutely believe so. And those are the people you choose, right? Because we don't get to choose our family. We don't get to choose. You don't get to choose your, your mother, your father. You don't get to choose your uncles, your aunts. Truth be told, I would have chose 99, like 95% of mine. <laughs> I, you know, I question sometimes too. I'm like, how did I get so lucky, you know? But it's insert sarcasm. But, you know, saying all that to say is that I've truly, truly been blessed to have chosen yeah. to continue to nurture the friendships, you know, ours being one of those vital, vital friendships in my life. And I only have a select few of them. And like you said, they're, they're, they're women that I've known since we were kids, right? Um, I think- People will question it, right? Because right. for doesn't make sense. You're different, we're different. Right, and we always have been, you know, and I think that is the beauty of it, is respecting those differences, drawing from each other's strengths, and just really accepting each other for who we are, but we know at the end of the day, like, we have each other's back, period, point blank, and like, that's what it boils down to. She calls me, she's probably the only person who can call me from jail, FYI. <laughs> I've been living my life right for a long time. Yeah. She, she's, a, she's a PTA mom, like, my mom was the PTA president at Audubon Middle School. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, honey, my mom was the person that they used as gimbal. Like, I got into trouble and I got my shoes taken. Everybody knows that punishment. So mm -hmm. I got taken. I had about 40 pairs of shoes in junior high. Who knows why I had that, but I did. And my mom told all the teachers. So they would use me as explanations of, like, you better do your work or you're going to be like Alex. Oh, I remember she did buy you the Payless boots and you had to wear them to school. <laughs> Her on them. Yes. I'm going to have my mom on the podcast just to share all the crazy shit she did because she was genius. I mean, sometimes I'm like, can I pay you to just take care of my son and I'll pick him back up? Because some of the things that she did was absolutely genius. You do have to be creative. Like you do. And depending on your kid, like for you, that was punishment enough because that's what was important to you I remember seeing that box in the hallway with all of your shoes stacked up and I'm like you you got pay less food um, you know but you still styled them <laughs> because I had to match I had to coordinate uh John Witherspoon style um but yeah I have more more things to go with it and my mom was she would come up with the craziest things like you could go wherever you want but you can't use the phone so how do you make plans she was that creative like she you would have to make your plans on Friday and have to be sure that that person was going to be there because you couldn't use the phone. Like she would do things that literally only God could have been talking to a single mother because how did you even think about that? But yeah, she took all my shoes, took me to Payless, bought me some brown pointy toe boots with fur on the back. And I had to, until my grades came up, I think I had two D's and an F. And I and think- back then, like the grading period were like what, five weeks? So I literally- Wore those from the five week to the 15 week. By Christmas, I was off punishment. I had a 
So imagine having two D's and an F. You you have to have like a less than a 2.0. And I then got up to a 3.8 because I was playing no game. I don't play with my clothes. Like, don't touch my shit. Like, that's who I am. My son is so funny. I'm going to do a podcast with my son. He wants to do one. But he has his closet cleaned out. He has all his backpacks hung up. He hasn't been to school in a year. Why does he have 10 spurs in his backpack? I don't know. Because he's my child. He is, he's the same way. So, yeah, my mom knew how to get to me. Your mom, you wouldn't have cared. You wouldn't have cared. Your mom took everything. Her mom took electricity. Like, yeah, I, but I was all, like, to be fair, I think I gave my mom for sure a run for her money, but my mom was completely, completely unorthodox. I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on Miss Diane. <laughs> no game. To the point to where, like, she's even cussed Alex out a few times. Like, stop. Oh, Alex would be coming to the door to, to knock to go to school. She'd be like, stop knocking on my damn door. Like, one of them, black mamas, played no game. Her mom would be like, you either in or you out. Like, it was no coming out of her house. I would never forget. Jamie was like, I couldn't stop staring at that blue na- blue eyeshadow. Yes, Miss Diane with nails done, makeup on all the time. I don't think I ever seen my mom with an off day. Let's be all the way clear. Like, not Look, when it came to that. But, like, what I love about Miss Diane is her house was clean, clean. Like, like bleach on the blinds clean, you know? Oh, yeah. She played no game. You understand what I'm saying? And, like, she presented herself. Like, she was always feminine. She mm-hmm. would class out. I mean, you ain't had, you ain't been cursed out. You've been cursed out by Miss Diane. She is the mm-hmm. cursed out queen. But she's always been feminine. She's had her nails done. She's had makeup on. She presented herself clean and in order at all times, right? So what I love about that is the struggle didn't change who she was as a woman. Yeah. And And I think that goes back to like taking what, and we've talked about this before, like, you know, outside of, you know, the podcast and things like, you know, there was no manual for coming into womanhood, right? And we can judge the women who raised us because neither of them had it easy for a multitude of reasons, right? There were failures on so many different parts of our journey growing up right um we're talking about women who had who were teen moms who themselves were figuring it out and then but what we can do is we we take little bits at least for me that's kind of been how I've kind of formed my own identity in terms of who I want to be and you know how I want to present myself in the world right um, because I knew I didn't want to pop off like my mom all the time, right? But like you said, those those elements of the femininity. I saw your mom's work ethic, right? But my son is here a lot, you know. So we do the best that we take what we can, right? And that's and that's really what it boils down to, right? And I think you kind of you you create this version of yourself based on all of those different influences that you had. You know, there was another, I think the building that we lived in, first of all, you know, anything about the buildings, like, and this is just going back to buildings that are on uh, soccer or on Don Tommaso and, you know, the Baldwin Hills, Crenshaw area, you know, they're not huge apartment buildings. You may have 10 units in the entire, you know, apartment complex. And out of those 10 units, nine of the units were occupied, well, eight, because there was a guy there, but with women who were single moms and they were all so different, right? And we've yeah. talked about this before. Like, you know, we had Miss Belinda who 
the the biggest thing I have had you laughing the other day. Like we thought it was asinine that she we called it a uniform. She wore a white dress shirt and jeans and boots and had a fly bag and had her hair done. But that's all she ever wore. Never saw her in any kind of colors, no variation. But as a single mom, or not as a single mom, but as a stay-at-home mom, you know, who's a full-time entrepreneur, homeschool, all that sort of stuff, I get having a uniform, right? Like for me, it is the easiest thing to do is to put on jeans and a white dress shirt. You're automatically chic, no matter where you're going, right? Like I literally just and, bought five dress shirts from H&M. They were twenty-four ninety-nine. Right. I bought them five in my size. Got them tailored. You can throw them on with anything. I throw them on with sweat shorts sometimes and put a sandal, and I look chic. You know, Miss Belinda was ahead of her time because at the end of the oh, day, for sure, she always looked put together. And so Miss Belinda always was a woman. She always looked put together for me. I, I can't, she always had a nice car. It was always washed. I mean, even the Saturn, you know, like she, yeah. she did the best that she could, you know, and you just have to respect people, you know, at who they are. Now she might've made some cream of wheat for her daughter, but her malto meal. <laughs> but she didn't cook, but she did looked, not. You know what? Everybody has to just do what they can, you know, because some people aren't going to be chefs. Talking about this with your mom and like you would be like, it'd be like salad and ranch, but you better yeah. eat. Oh my gosh. She cooked all. That's one thing she did do. She cooked all the time. We were ne- we could never get fast food because she didn't have the money to buy fast food. I wish and pray she would have been an ordering, you know what I mean? <laughs> the people. You were the first. I, I thought that was the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, how do you not get a soda? I thought your mom depriving you of love because how do you not get a soda? She just didn't have it. You know, if we stopped to get fast food, it was usually like a 99 cent big and tasty from McDonald's or a jumbo jack from Jack in the Box. And we got a cup of water and we kept it pushing. Wasn't no meals, wasn't no fries. And it's so interesting because the simplest things, like even with, you know, my kids, Everybody orders a meal. There are no questions asked. We could be five of us in the car, six of us in the car, and everybody gets a meal. And I'm like, y'all don't, ain't nobody getting a 20-piece nugget? No, it's not even a thought. It's very, very different. And so you, I appreciate the struggle so, so, so much more, like more than anything, because first of all, for sure, cut different. You know, a lot of the kids now coming up couldn't last a couple weeks. You know, and some of the things that we've had to endure. That's one goddamn thing. I can make it. I am a. Doesn't matter. I can make it. I can make it through anything. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. We, we were raised by some dope women. Like, if you ever get the chance to meet Miss Diane, Miss Diane is quite the most funniest woman I've ever met in my whole oh, life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's for sure one of a kind. <laughs> one of a kind. Like, you know, and so for every you know, thing that I could say that was negative about my childhood, like some of the the greatest qualities about myself, and this is what I mean, pulling from the women, we're drawing from inspiration from the women that are around us, you know, some of my best qualities about myself, that's, you know, who I got them from. You tell her that? Oh, maybe I will. I think she's getting old now. She might get a little sentimental. I ain't ready for that, but I, I think I'll share. No, because you know what? I probably don't tell my mom either. You know, I probably, th- my mom, my mom is super defensive when it comes to, because I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> we talked about this earlier um, before the podcast, but I, I'm opinionated, you know, and I've had 
things in my head since I was a child. So I was very much, I will not be a single mother, a single mother. <laughs> but I think sometimes you draw things to it. You're so strong about it. You just don't want to be it. And yeah. my mom takes offense because she feels like, well, I was, and I did the best I could. And as a grown 36 year old woman, I get it. You understand? But as a 23 year old woman, I had no clue. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that we had no, absolutely no clue about. You know, who knows? As a 36-year-old woman, I get it. You know, like, me and my son talk about my dating life. He asked me, Mom, what do you want from a man? He asked me at 10. He asked me what I want. And I tell him because... What did you tell him? I told him I want a partner. Well, first mm-hmm. I was funny. I said, I want that guap. <laughs> Do you hear that, guys? Bucket. The money. I want the money. But I, what I want is a partner. I want somebody that I can explore life with. Um, and I told him that. And, you know, he's like, I think you should get that, Mom. Like, he's a cool-ass kid. Um, he's very much my child. He is me. But he has an opinion. There was a guy that I met on Tinder that looked like his dad. And when I say look like his daddy, look like his dad. Like, they could have been twins. You saw him. I sent it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. you did. And he was like, oh, I think I would be confused. And I had to respect that. He doesn't ask me for much. You know, my son is very forgiving and things that I wouldn't have been forgiving about. He's very forgiving. And I had to just respect that fact. But yeah, I talked to my son about dating. I talked to my son about life. I talked to my son. He asked me, are we rich? Nope, we're not. <laughs> you know, but it's hard because family, you walk in the room, they're like, hey, I haven't seen you since you got rich. And it's like, come on, guys. You know, he's 10. Yeah. He yeah, has- that's a lot of pressure for a little one. Yeah, because, girl, if my mom would have been rich, I would have been telling everybody. You, I, you, yes, you would. You would have. But, I, you know. Well, and I would have been putting people down. I ain't going to lie. I ain't always been the nicest person. <laughs> I have to be grateful that my son is different than me in that way but yeah like it's hard for him to understand and kind of put his mind around the situation my son is very he lives two different lives you know and um you guys will hear more about that but yeah he lives two different lives he has it very different here and very different at his dad's house but he's so respectful of both but also too like you've been you've included him on your journey like carter was with you in your first store that you opened western you know for hours yeah so you know to this day he's like fuck your stores like no shit don't (laughs) like he begs like so it's not like you know he thinks mom's at home just painting her nails and money's coming out of the sky he has seen you grind and hustle it out he has seen me grind and he was the first person that told me that my store in the mall closed he just wanted me to know (laughs) he said hey mom i was in the mall i saw your store was closed just want to let you know (laughs) oh bless the sorry to be your own kid but you know your own kid son has definitely saw my transition but i think he doesn't see the money come in so i don't know stands how it comes he you know my sister will come in while he's on um virtual learning and he'll be shopping how are you shopping how bro you have nothing 
Like I, he tells people he has a college. Like he he doesn't say it's a college fund. He just tells people he has thousands in the bank. No, brother, you don't. You have a college fund. You have a college blessing to even be able to do that, girl. I told him I'm gonna buy me a Birkin, and he's just gonna be out of luck. Like shit. You know, I think like he is very lucky. And my son, where he's good, he's bad. There's other parts where he's just like a mess, but he's doing the best that he can. You know, he's doing the best that he can. And I had to realize because he wants to have his hair kind of like Jay-Z. And I've been against it, against it, against it. And I've told you, I've been calling him a hoodlum. I've been threatening to cut his hair at night. But when Jay-Z announced he got his company bought out by LVMH, I was so proud that he had his hair crazy because I felt like, hey, you're doing it complete nigga. You know, you're doing it the way you need to do it. But then I had to check myself. Like, why is it okay for Jay-Z, but it's not okay for your kid, you know? And we still have so many ideals of what society has placed on us, you know? It's good to recognize them, you know, and come to terms with them and recognize where they come from because so much of what, and I know we're kind of like going all over the place, but so much of our perceptions about ourselves and about, you know, the way that we view ourselves, our kids, our family, people who look like us, is based on, you know, these white supremacist notions of beauty and standards of what's appropriate and what's, because it's all been fed to us forever, right? So why not let him enjoy everything that is, you know, amazing about him being a melanated, you know, young black boy? Our hair stands to the sun and don't grow down, you know, and that's not what it does. And, you know, from time to time, I have to check my own biases, you know, yeah. like, okay, what is this really? You don't, you know, really. especially when raising black boys. Because we're, we're, we're fearful for them, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it comes from a legitimate place. Like, if I hear my son talking, you know this, like, my oldest son, well, not my oldest, but, you know, my 13-year-old Micah, he's a very, very proper kid, right? But since this whole TikTok thing, the slang has been coming in, I'm like, what'd you say? That's not proper English. I pay way too much money for you to go to school to, like, what is this? What are we doing? He's like, mom, you know, but I had to take a step back. Like, he's exploring, he's expressing himself. Like, what what does it really say? Because he's constant slang that has nothing to do with his level of intelligence. Like, who cares? We spoke Ebonics and tended to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we spoke Ebonics, but you're still able to go both ways. I think you need to... See, it's just like we were taught how to talk. Like we have a professional voice. If you're on the phone, you talk to like this. And, you know, when you're with your friends, you talk a different way. You have to allow him, I guess, to have that. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like just the being okay with having the freedom to explore and, you know, giving them the freedom of self-expression and, you know, all of these things that I don't think, it, it, especially the self-expression part, like I wasn't really allowed to do as a kid. Like you had to sneak and do it. Like I went, I remember wanting to color my hair. Oh my God. Do you remember when I put peroxide in my hair? Yes. Oh wait, wait let's just like, to like 19. You had the, she had Charlie Baltimore red hair. It was so good. Oh yes. I was ghetto fabulous. Like in this kind of segue into kind of like why I do what I do now right like hair has always been my thing right I was everybody's braider oh growing up I like this <laughs> cornrows like but she never wanted to do it like she didn't even realize how much of a braider she was because braiders are exactly like that like they never want to do hair they are just unreliable 
Listen, listen, I was braiding simply for the fact that I wanted enough money to get my nails done, get my hair done, buy whatever Jordans, you know, an outfit to go to the club and a little hammer. So once I braided enough to got, you know, got enough money to do what I needed to do, like I was done. Don't call me to redo your cornrows. I'm not doing those zigzags and all that sort of stuff. I was doing feed-ins before feed-ins were a thing. But yeah, so, you know, I didn't get into self-expression until like, you know, adulthood, like after high school. And then it was changing my hair color every other week. And, you know, every kind of design you can do with two packs of yakky hair, you know, in terms of hairstyles, like I had it all, like weave to the butt, waterfall, like whatever it was, because that was a thing back then, right? Look, I will never forget at my grand, my aunt's funeral, I was 19. And my grandfather is, uh, he was a senior VP of Edison Gas Company. And so he had so many colleagues that were, of course, at the funeral. We're in the front row. At the end of the funeral, all I hear is one of his colleagues who's like the president of the YMCA at that moment. And she's like, Alice, Alice. And I'm like, at a funeral, right? And she's like, I knew that was you with that Crenshaw blonde. <laughs> so good, so good. And I talked about this. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just now like getting comfortable opening up on social media. And this is something like you've been on me about for the last few years. But one of the things I talked about is like growing up in LA, like we wanted to be the fly girls, right? Like that's just kind of like what you do. Like you, you can't be off. So hair, nails, like all that sort of stuff kind of comes into it. Ghetto gold jewelry. Like, I don't know a chick from LA that doesn't have a nameplate necklace and at least one pair of bamboos. Like people that had that. What was the party that Courtney had? What was <laughs> Wait, say that. Oh, I went to a, um, oh my gosh, she's probably going to kill me. I don't even know if she remembers this. I remember one of my friends at the time, Millie, all of her friends that went to Westchester, Fairfax, you know, and you had cliques of kids, depending on what high schools you went to in LA. Like, you know, I went to Palisades, you went to Laces. It's so interesting because I know them now, but I didn't know them then, you know? Yes, yeah, so I remember like, you know, me and my friend Millie at the time, we were, you know, hanging out real tough. We were partying, hanging out. And I remember, like, now keep in mind, like, I'm hood cute, right? Like, I'm still, and I was a tomboy, so I'm still wearing jeans, Jordans, you know, maybe a little cute little baby tee, something like that, maybe a velour, because that was in street where it was in. And I remember going to this party with her. I think it was off of Melrose. And I was like, oh, what's, she was so nervous, like, oh, we got to, you know, be cute, we got to be on, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, what is this about? She's like, oh, this is pretty much like a status check. Like her friends were throwing this party to make sure that everybody was still on. And I had never seen young black kids. I'm talking about they had bottles of champagne. We were like our first year out of high school because I think we were um, at community college at the time. And they were popping champagne and I'm talking about Gucci bags and, you know, anything every and label that you could possibly think of and this is a party and i'm just like what is this like that was my first introduction to like you have you cannot forget about the chinchilla first okay so i heard oh about no 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 that wasn't at the party that was at a time that we went to, okay so courtney pretty trans i'm going to put you on blast on this one so i remember <laughs> me millie courtney and i think i can't remember their friend's name but it was a guy i think his name was cordell corday something like that and so we go meet at Katana because, you know, we're hanging out. Everybody got a little bit of money at the time. I'm working. Millie's working. Everybody got little hustles and stuff like that. And we go to have drinks and sushi at Katana off of Sunset. 
and I walk in and they have on matching chinchillas and I was like whoa like I am clearly out of my league because I had never even seen a chinchilla I'm like we're in LA like where do you even wear a fur coat (laughs) and it was just like a mind-blowing moment I was like oh I gotta set my game up clearly I need to get a fur but I remember that moment I remember telling you about it like we thought we were doing it but the kids in LA like were on a totally totally different level in terms of like they were crazy being fly <laughs> doing it it was something completely completely different where it never goes under 60 you're crazy I don't care what nobody says to this day I love Courtney I love her she knows that I, <laughs> have you ever shared this story with her <laughs> bitch if she ever wears a chinchilla around me she will hear everything about it because it's not it's not going down I love Courtney. I think she has a bomb hair brand. Shout out to Pretty Strands. Shout out to Pretty Strands. That's all I use in my hair. If you see my hair, it's growing back. It's always growing back. Katana is my best date I've ever had in my whole life. Really? Yes. I went out with a 61-year-old. I was 30. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard this story. Let me get my wine. Okay, so guys, this is going to be the longest podcast I've ever had because it's the only person I can talk to about everything. So I went to Katana with this guy that was 61. I was 30. I lived in the jungle. He had a 750. And he came and picked me up. <laughs> <laughs> I met him at the cork. Shout out. Oh, that explains it. I love the cork. Okay, so I met him at the cork. He had a kid that was older than me. <laughs> this kid was older than me. It was hilarious. We went to Katana. Now, why it was my best date I've ever had in my life, that man ordered everything on the menu. The table was full to capacity. Anything that I looked like, I liked, he ordered. Anytime my drink got to half, he ordered it. I was convinced that I had to marry a 60-year-old because, (laughs) baby, baby, I had to let him feel a little something because where that check was maybe $1,200, maybe. Wow. Like, that's it. I've had some great dates because I've definitely, I'm a dater. I've definitely dated. I lived in Vegas. You know, people love to party. So I've had some great dates. But back in the day when I was 30, that was, I I, I didn't know any better. I've been with my ex-husband since I was 19. So 19 to 29, I was the same man. <laughs> definitely want to go down in the book, the 61-year-old at Katana. The time it used to be the spot. I mean, we definitely for sure, you know, and that's why like people now like I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't feel like I'm that young anymore. I mean, I'm 36, but. You're the old bitches in the club. We for sure are. But beyond that, I've been married for so long. And, and you know, and even before getting married, like, you know, like you said, I've been with the same person for 14 years now. So I haven't even been out to know what's hot, but I did, you know, thank God I had a lot of fun, you know, growing up in LA and kind of coming to age where settling into this role hasn't been like... You don't feel like you missed out? I know, for sure, didn't miss out on anything. I mean, I settled down at 23, (laughs) but, you know, I had a a lot, a lot of fun. I know people are judging that. People are judging that, Kiko, because... Really? That... Think about that. You've been with the same man since 14, but you said you had a lot. Like, I mean, for 14 years. Yeah. I mean, well, what can I say? I mean, it was for sure. And that's, and again, that's one of the differences that we had growing up, even living in the same building um, and going to some of the same schools, our social lives were very, very different. Alex was like straight and narrow, 
even though, you know, you were home a lot, you had a lot of time to yourself. I would ask you all the time, like, ain't no way my mom would be gone all the time. And I would just be in the house picking out outfits, you know, like, no. But, you know, like all the time, I've never had a time where I was free. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I it was okay. Like for me, I've always been a little bit uptight, just a little bit. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that too. Like, and you know, you, you might have younger women who follow you, you know, young girls who look up to you for inspiration. Like that's okay. Like it is very much okay to be that way. You know, I learned a lot of lessons very, very early on. Hoe it out, younger women. Hoe it out. Because I'll tell you this, you don't get that time back. Now, if I go stand on the table or if I act a certain way, I have a lot of responsibilities. But yeah, you're 22. Have fun. Have a have, like I love the city girls. I listen to them hoes. I love them. I love. Them. <laughs> yes, I definitely live vicariously through the city girls. My little sister got a man to buy her a car. Now she's not quite smart because she didn't get full coverage insurance, but she got a man to buy her a car and give her a pink slip at 22. A BMW. I'm like, bitch, you doing it? Like, I think that's that's a good thing. But I think, like, you know, I love say city points, city girls up ten points. City city girls up a hundred, and she didn't have sex with him. You up a hundred, girl, go. But I think I say have fun. I say really do because to, now I'm just think I'm overthinking. I'm in my head. I can't be pregnant. You know, things are like that. But do what you do, because time is something that you don't get back, right? So you never get back those 20s. So have as much fun as you can. What I love about Kiko is she doesn't explain, but she's been herself for her whole life, you know? So she's done it her way. And I think that's what she respects about me is I did it my way. They're so different, but we did it. We did it. And like, we still love each other. And that's what I want you to know. Like, friendship is something that you will, you should cherish. And as much as my friendships have changed while I've, I, they call it, like, what does Shanika Adams call it? The level up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my level up. My friendships have changed. I have two that haven't, you know, and they have been there with me through everything. And I wouldn't trade that for another million. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say, if I did trade it for a million, I would give them half. You understand? Hey. Like, <laughs> I feel like nobody knows me enough. Some people I can never tell my story to, or I can't never ask them for their opinion because they don't know me enough from a different perspective. So, you know, I'll end this because we've been talking for an hour and 30 minutes. But I'll end this in saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I do appreciate you again for sharing your platform. You mentioned early on, you know, I do have a hair business. It's Kiko Star Collection. If anyone is interested in purchasing raw hair, look us up at KikoStarCollection.com. Get it. Get it. And she has yes. the best hair, guys. And what is it called? Like, what do you guys define this as? This is natural raw hair? What is it? It's raw hair. So it's, 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 it's literally sourced. And I probably should have talked, touched on this a little bit in the beginning. But I literally started the brand because I was tired of buying, you know, bull crap hair. I'm a consumer or I was a consumer like everyone else. And I knew that a lot of the hair being sold off on the market is virgin hair, Peruvian hair, Malaysian hair, all that sort of stuff was really just low quality hair sourced from China. And I did the research and sourced some of the best, you know, hair from the temples of Southern India, uh, where women actually shave their hair as a part of their religious practice. 
you know, daily. And so that's the type of care that we provide. We also offer wholesale to people looking to start their own brands. I also have a candle line, thanks to you, uh -huh. um, which smells amazing. I have one in the house lit right now. Yes, yes, yes. So candles, hair, we also have lashes and yeah, and everything's available on KikoStarCollection.com. And Kiko is K-I-E-K-O, star, collection with a K, dot com. And I have friends that are in the makeup industry and they love her lashes. Um, Brittany, I actually did a podcast with her as well. She was the head makeup artist for the Steve Harvey show. But now she does a show on CBS. Have you seen it? It's called All Rise. No, I haven't seen it yet. I have to check it out for sure. It's about a black judge. It's on CBS, bomb. And I literally cry every week because I love the show so much. Um, but she uses your lashes on that lady. So your lashes have been around <laughs> the world. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm good to know that. I didn't know that. So that is amazing. But yeah, shout out to Brittany because she was so supportive, so amazing. And that, again, it, it all boils down to having a tribe of women that are really just down for each other and support each other through their individual journey. Yeah, like for me, women are an asset, you know what I'm saying? And I try to be an asset to women as well. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to do guys. I'm going to talk about this every week because I'm going to do a trip with 44 women to Mexico. Um, I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm women to Mexico that's the number that came God said hey you didn't pay the first time you went so they don't got to pay either so that's what I heard and that's what I'm gonna do but I really I will have all of my friends there family there um people that have inspired me in my life and then the 44 women but I really just I'm so glad that you were able to come on here and share our story as friendship as sisters but I want to know what makes you young smart and fabulous um, I think being younger, talking about youthful, is all about like your approach on life, like having fun. You know, there's so much as an adult that we have to take seriously, finding the, you know, the lighter side of things. Um, so I think that kind of, at least in my perspective, that kind of tailors to the young or the youthful part. Mm -hmm. um, smart, like just really, really taking the time to educate yourself. And when I say educate, I'm not talking about formal education. You know, there's only so much you can learn in a book or going to school the traditional way. I've done it, right? Some of the smartest people I know don't hold degrees. Yeah. So really just educating yourself about the things that are important to you, be it finances, like really leveling up on the things that are, you know, important to you. Like you said, we have a license for everything, driving, get married, you know, there's no license for parenting. Pick up a parenting book. Find out, you know, what's happening with child development. Things like that. Whatever it is in your life that's important to you, whether it's your business, just really educating yourself about, you know, and, and about the world too, right? Because we want to be well-rounded people. We want to have educated opinions. We don't just want to throw our opinions out there with no real good source of information. So just educating yourself about things that are happening in the world, things that may be coming in the future, right? And about being fabulous, owning your style. We all have an individual style. I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't really have too much style. Every now and then you might get something out of me, but usually 99% of the time it's homeless. Boy, that 1% that pops out is amazing. You said 99. Come on now. I mean, look, I'm just keeping it real. Pajama life is everything for me, right? Um, but whatever your personal style is, like owning it, right? 
Um, it doesn't have to be labeled designer this that we see, you know, that we're flooded with on social media. You could find, you know, whatever it is, whether it's sporty, conservative, you know, trendy, classic, like whatever your style is, just owning it and keeping things around you that you love, right? Yeah, that's that's my number one thing. That's my number one hack of life. My grandmother said, you don't have to have everything you want, but everything in your house you should love. You know, not because it's on sale, but everything in my house, I love. So if something happened to it, I'll be ready to fight. But like when you say, because I can go to Target and be, I can kill people in Target fashion. You know, Target is my jump jump. So I just love that you, what is your go-to? Like, what's your Miss Belinda? Like, what's your outfit? My Miss Belinda is my Miss Belinda. It is, <laughs> it is my jeans, a great you know, good fitting pair of jeans, a white blouse. You can dress it up and down. I've done white blouse and jean shorts. You know, you could do a flat, you could do a heel. But really right now what I'm feeling are these matching lounge sets. Let me just tell you something. They make life so much easier. Like yours from um this one I actually have on today I got from Zara. There's a young girl on social media. Well not girl, but there's a young woman on social media. She has a brand, Fancy Homebody. Love her sets. Um, that is definitely my tribe because I'm home all the time and I randomly found her when looking to, you know, yeah. purchase lounges, but I get them kind of wherever. Target. I probably bought five of Nicole Nell's lounge matching sets. Some of them I bought multiple times. Listen, I am a fan of, and this is probably people are going to laugh, this is like the old lady in me, like you buy one to rock, one to stock. Like if it's something I love, I will buy it in multiple colors. I'm not ashamed. And I will buy one. If it's a really good one, I might buy another one and put it away. What? You know, so I have a fresh <laughs> When I'm traveling, I need to have the fresh one, you know? But when I'm around the house, I can use the old one. Like I am very particular. So I love to get a set. Um, I've bought yeah, so that's really been my vibe or, or matching set, you know? Oh, they're like a they're like you don't it's no thinker. And see, I'm a Yeezy fan, so I have about twenty pair of Yeezy. So if they match with any one of those, like we're a hundred popping, like going down. But wait, I have a quick question. Like you got lounge sets, but then you talked about something else when we're best friends, so we I wanna know about that too. So Sarah, okay. that's what I want to say. Oh, okay. In eight months, they have a line every time I go to the mall. I can't handle it. I can't handle I was, it. I was lucky enough. Now I haven't. I well, let me back up. I have gone to the mall once this year, but it was around the holiday time to return something, and I didn't really get anything for myself then. But I was lucky enough on my recent trip to Disney World. Um, Disney Springs has a really great. In Orlando, has a really great Zara right there on the property, and. When we went, there was no one there. So I was able to be comfortable and shop. And yes, I picked up lounge sets in whatever color they, <laughs> they had. Because there's like $25, like for each part, you know? Yeah. When yeah. Ola Nail is like $189 for the whole set, they're like $50. So Zara is where you can go and get good ones. I try to go online, but the extra large bitches get there quick. I'm like, the big bitches be shopping, y'all. <laughs> hey, you gotta be cute too. But yeah, like, okay, for, let's just be honest. Florida is not closed at any point. LA still, no. has, LA still has a limit. So you have to be outside. They can only have 50 people or whatever the case may be. But yeah, like I went shopping with Vanessa. She loved it because she has on a mask and nobody knows who she is. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
that has to be amazing to be free in that way that but yeah we went shopping and there was a line out of h&m i'm like i'm not standing in the line to go h&m no way i mean i don't shop that and that's another thing too because i am home with my kids i'm homeschooling i'm running my business from home i mean i'm not shopping not online not in person i mean i wish that i had a lot of places to go but there was a young lady that i saw and i don't know her name to shout her out but she was like, you know, what are you saving that outfit for? And I kind of felt that in my spirit because I got a lot of just in case outfits, but just in case never happens, you know. So I'm 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 starting to want to put stuff on just for the sake of, you know, why not? Why not look good and be at home? Because when you look good, you feel good. Well, I think it definitely is an attitude adjuster, right? My doorman was like, "Where are you going?" And I'm like, "Shit, I I look like shit every time you." I mean, when he come, when my doorman comes in the morning, my eyes still have crud in them. Kiki with crud and red breasts. Like he loves like I love my doorman. I bought him a Chanoa. I love him. You know? Everybody, I mean, because okay, everybody, let's be honest, Starbucks is in my building. So sometimes I go down there if I don't hear from him early enough. So I'll go down there and like everybody in Starbucks, everybody in the door downstairs was like, What are you dressed for? That means that I don't get dressed enough, you know, but I have so many clothes. Luckily, I do have photo shoots every month. And you guys will see pictures on my Instagram and my blog. But to be honest, we do about 20, 20 different photos every time. So none of that is real life. Um, it's all curated. And that's what I want you guys to know. This is all a, it's a, it's a farce, you know, like basically we put together, people on Instagram put together these beautiful feeds and it is planned, you know, but sometimes you have to do it for yourself. So luckily I do have the photo shoots. But I have a rack of clothes that we keep, like, just with outfits ready. So I do no, shop. I don't necessarily have a rack, but I do have a few, like, pre-selected, like, ooh, in case I go here. Um, we've just gotten to the point, you know, we were in the trenches of raising a little one. But now that he's five and, you know, I can be a little bit more free. Like, for the first time, my husband and I had, you know, brunch or not, well, brunch today, you know, out. And I was able to, you know, put on my lounge set with a sandal and carry a nice bag and, you know, fluff my hair out and, you know, put on lashes and go out. And I felt amazing. So I definitely need more of that in my life for sure. You feel like a rich bitch. I ain't gonna lie. When I look good, I feel like, yes, please valet this car, right? Like I gotta gotta put on my Range Rover because (laughs) I feel good about myself. (laughs) But I just want to end on the note. I love you, Kiko. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for sharing your platform with us. Shop Kiko Star Collection. It is with a K on all social platforms and her um, her website is kikostarcollection.com. Please. Yes, yes. You need to Thank do it. you again. I love you too. We could do this all night. You realize that, right? Yeah, like we've literally been talking for almost two hours and literally I need to do a discount code. I'm going to do a special. Like I'm going to buy some stuff and then we'll do a giveaway or something because that would be amazing i love her and i want to support her you guys it's the it's really good hair like even my beautician was like i love this hair so yeah definitely shout out to kiko star collection we have to tell that uh the the reason why you got that name one day on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but yes it is my government name kiko star so yeah check me out on social media I did not know that until I was grown. So, yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Go have fun with Love your you too. Thank you. Go 
have fun with your husband. I don't have one. You will. We putting that in the air. Yes, 2021. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my God, guys. Wasn't that amazing? I can't wait for the next episode. But in the meantime, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to connect with me on social media, I'm Young, Smart, and Fabulous on all the sites. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you next episode. Bye.